really far behind on the podcasts that I listen to because I've been, I've been on an audiobook kick here lately. That's me. I usually flop back and forth, but the, the, the last couple of audiobooks I've been listening to are pretty, pretty good, so I don't want to put them down, as they say. But, what uh, would you say about an audiobook? If there's a paperback, you're like, I just can't put it down. I just can't turn it off. I just off. can't turn it off. I just can't pause it. I just can't pause it. Uh, like if somebody comes up and starts talking to you at work, you just smile and nod the whole time, and they walk off, and they don't realize that you didn't even hear, hear what they said because you're listening to your uh, I started listening to the Icewind Dale trilogy again. I finished that, and then I went back and listened to some old TSR Forgotten Realm books that I think it's one of – it's not the first – Forgotten Realm book I read. It's I think it's the second. Uh, Pool of Radiance. So I'm listening to. It's a pretty good book. We are sipping on a delicious and refreshing Sierra Nevada Pale Ale that yes. you brought over. I haven't had one of those in quite some time. What's the red one? Wheat. The wheat. They're I good like too. it too. But hot. I think the green is my favorite. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is that the one they used to have on, on tap at Ruby Tuesdays? Yes. And they had Killian's on tap. Because back in the day, I thought, like, Killian's was craft beer. Well, it was there for a little while until Coors bought them. <laughs> I'm having some major microphone stand issues. I think I'm just going to put my foot on it so it don't tip over. I need somebody to come stand on my microphone stand. <laughs> That's the, uh, the third tier of the Patreon. If you pay you that to, money, you get to hold Mark's mic stand. You get to stand. come over and hold Mark's microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a beer though. I got I got another syrup with Nevada. Yeah. Oh, you do? Uh, yeah, I brought a six pack. Nice. I brought two in and had a good birthday yesterday. Yeah, you did. Uh, you bought me a bottle of Monkey Shoulder, and I checked and made sure it is delicious. We we checked it. Actually. Yeah, we checked it. You got to check them, make sure they don't mess it yeah. up. Uh, Wax got me a bottle of uh. Um, I'm keep wanting to say top shelf barrel select barrel select single barrel single barrel Jack Daniels single barrel barrel select I think it's all barrel select now yeah, I think it's a single barrel that's what it is it's single yeah yeah but I think all of them say barrel select at okay. the bottom and I just did the Jack Daniels distillery tour so I know that uh, if you are drinking single barrel there's a 99% chance you're drinking a barrel from the top of the barrel house where they age them because the ones at the top get exposed to more of the seasonal conditions than the ones at the bottom do. they get harsher heat and harsher winters and uh that the change in temperature and the change of seasons pulls that that liquid into the barrel and then back out of it back and forth for years and you really get a lot a lot more barrel in it Oak, that yep. oakness, the oaky oak, and then the char. Yeah. But anyway, and uh, Waxberry and Alicia went in together and got me a badass pit boss pellet grill. Pellet, pellet vertical smoker. Yeah, but you could do anything with it. Oh yeah, you could cook. I mean, Barry cooks hamburgers in his. It'll go up to five hundred degrees. Mm. You're just using more pellets. I was thinking about something on the way over here. I should have said it before we got on the podcast. It's not really podcast stuff. But remember I made some sausage before. Mm-hmm. If I make some sausage, we could put it on that smoker and put it on real low, like 200, 210, yeah. and smoke it like the day. Yeah. 
it takes all the work out of smoke. The, the 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 most frustrating thing is is the temperature. You don't want it to get too high because then you're not smoking it. You're cooking it. You don't want to get it too low because it stalls out. And there and a butt always stalls. Oh, yeah, always every time. Every About one sixty. Yeah, but you it you don't tell it like you don't raise the temperature and lower it based on what the thermometer says. You say no, I want you at this, and it, it stays there. It feeds it enough pellets to make to it. where it stays there. It just speed up and slow down the rate of. And uh, according to Barry, they burn really efficiently. He said like he'll smoke something for eight hours and pull the ash barely any, and it looks like somebody smoked a cigarette and dumped ashes in it. Cool. And another thing he told me was really interesting, because the pellets, <clears throat> the pellets aren't that expensive. I think they're a little more than charcoal, if I remember. But he bought one bag when he bought his smoker, and he hasn't finished that bag yet. Well, and he's done a lot of smoking. If you um, if you utilize it, it's a big smoker, and you got a big surface area, big area inside of it. So if you just yeah. smoke one chicken, you're going to use the same amount if you smoked. Nine chickens, yeah. nine chickens, and two butts, and three racks of ribs, and a turkey, because that's a big ass smoker you got. You can hold all that. Mm. You just gave me a damn good idea. <laughs> if we ever do a fundraiser, we can pack that bad boy yeah. full of Boston butts. Yeah, and sell them for twenty bucks a piece, easy. Yeah, or just sell barbecue plates for ten dollars a piece. Yeah, that yeah yeah, it'd go a lot further. Yeah, like if you have like. Those people now, like for like fundraisers, people like grill hamburgers or do a hamburger plate. Yeah. Those black stones, the flat tops. It's like it's like Sonic. Just throw them things on there. Well, Barry said when he does burgers on his, it takes five minutes. Really? Wow. So I mean, it's because like a convection. It's like cooking them in an oven. It's an oven. Yeah. It's a smoker, an oven, a grill. You know, you cook. You'd want to do them quick, but you could cook steaks on it. But it's kind of like uh, like. The, the 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 smoker the pit smokers it takes the like you said it takes the guesswork out of the the, the playing with the temperature and stuff like that and yeah. it, and to put that back to beer making they have those all in one kits that do the same thing you have a PID that regulates your temperature you have an element and if you got a mash in at 155 you punch in 155 it heats your water up to 155 it beeps goes off puts your grain in there and it stays and it beeps and say hey your mash is done then you pump it out and turn it up and make it boil. But uh, with me, I, li- I like that idea of it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I just like finagling with it. I like getting my mash ton out and cleaning out my little, yeah, you know, my manifold and turning the propane burner on and doing all that kind of Speaking stuff. Speaking of which, uh, before we get completely off the topic of beer, we made a beer. I say we. I think I don't even think I was with you when you no. did this one. This is one of my. And it was what you did some experimental hops, and you didn't really like it. I don't. I'm, I'm gonna have. It's an Eldorado hop, and what I'm gonna do is after, I'm gonna do a. Uh, oh, everybody drink! I said hops. Yeah, yeah. Bottoms up. I, um, Eldorado, and they said it had like a a real sweet fruity aftertaste to it. So I wanted to pair that with like a wheat beer. So I made American wheat, and I and I a very low IBU, like I don't even remember what it was. It wasn't very much because I wanted the, more the, the the back flavor, the flavor and aroma of it than I did the bittering of it. And I really needed bittering. Uh, and that's where I messed up. I think if I'd done it again, 
But according to my recipe, it says it was 24 IBUs. But, and that should be enough for no more malt was in there. But I think I'm going to do that again. I think 25, 30, 25 IBUs with a pale ale or a, or a uh, blonde with just not that wheat. I think that wheat might have been some of that all flavors I was disliking instead of the, the hops that I don't know because I've never made a wheat before. The front end tasted great. So, but there was like there was an off note yeah. on the, during the aftertaste part of it. So I'm gonna do either, which a pe- I didn't dislike it as much as you did. I hated it. You hated it. I, I just hated it. wasn't that crazy about it. But I did dump. I split it. I had it made a five gallon batch, and I give you like two and a half, and I give me two and a half. And uh, I got so mad at mine, I got some strawberries out of the freezer. And put them in one of a hot bag and just threw them in a keg. How many pounds? Just a one pound bag? Uh, it was no, it was it was two and a half. It's a lot oh. of strawberries. Okay. I have a pink beer now. It's pink. Yeah, and it really like the last time I tried it, I was like, whoa, that that really fixed that. I've been doing. Uh, I was off, I, I was off yesterday and today and doing work in the yard and uh, I drank. That's what I drank. Well, I uh, followed your lead on that and. Went and bought two pounds of frozen peaches, and I thawed them out. And where I messed up, I've got a ninja blender, which, man, those ninjas are badass. It'll turn a brick into liquid. But I I pulverized them into, like, I was trying to get them as liquid as possible. And it didn't work because there was so much pulp. And I, I should have just dumped the peaches in there like you dumped the strawberries in there. You just just uh-huh. dropped them in there whole. Yeah, that's what I should have done with the peaches. But you took the keg with you. You said you were gonna fix it. What exactly is your plan? Well, I got a picnic tap with a long hose, and I, I tried this today. If I tried, I said try. And I was, I was gonna hook a tube to the picnic tap and just try, but it doesn't. It foams up so bad, mm. it's not gonna work. So this, I have, I <laughs> have another hail mary attempt. And it's a Hail Mary attempt. If this doesn't work, we're just going to be chewing our beer. Yeah. Cause it, because I, I, it tastes good. Yeah, I, it's I, just I, too pulpy. It's just really, it's like, yeah. Way too much pulp. Yeah, it's like. I didn't, I didn't expect, I thought the like Ninja would. More pulp, orange more. juice, that's a beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you should have went with the, with the, the, the frozen concentrate. They didn't have any in peach. Yeah. You know, that, that's one thing I, I can't believe. Yeah. Used to, they had all kinds of different flavors. Mm-hmm. Now, all they have is apple and grape and orange. That's it. But uh, my next idea is, remember we went and we made our, our bourbon jello shot that knocks um, yeah. refinings? I'm going to um, stick it in the kegerator and let it get cold, and I'm going to put it, I'm going to put some of that finings in it. I don't know what it it's going to do. It's already car- it's only like two gallons, so it don't really matter. But yeah. we're learning. Yeah, we're, we're experimenting. We're learning. I don't know. Like, what do you do if your beer's too pulpy? <laughs> well, this didn't work. Let's try this. But, uh, I'm going to do that. I'm sure there's somebody who makes beer that listens to this podcast like, oh, my God, don't drink these guys' beers. I know, because every time we depressurize it and open the keg, we're exposing oh, it to very it, harmful yeah, it's, it's, oxygen. But, uh, I've been looking for an excuse to get a floating dip tube. So I'm gonna order a floating dip tube, and uh, I'm gonna put some gelatin in it and see if it will drop all that down to the bottom. I'm gonna leave it for a while. Yeah. We'll put a floating dip tube in there, and a floating dip tube where that dip tube 
you know how it works. It goes all the way down to the bottom. Yeah. Where a floating dip tube, it literally floats on top of your beer, and it goes down as you drink it. Mm, okay. So if we get all that pulp to, to fall out of it down to the bottom with the, the findings, the gelatin, mm-hmm. and we have a floating dip tube, it will go from the top above the pulp. Now, when we drink it and we start getting pulp, we know we're there and we can just dump it. Dump it. Might work. It might work. We'll see. It's the only idea I got. I mean, other than pouring it through a strainer, which was... Yeah, that, no. that's, that'd give it to way too much oxygen. Yeah. Uh, so, which which I thought about, but we just had to drink it fast. Once you're... Tastes like cardboard. Once your stuff's fermented, you don't want air. No. So, but we do know... The next time we make this beer, the strawberries look good in it, and uh, we'll it do it. It does have a good color, and it tastes good. And the peach does, too. Uh, we'll just up the hops a little bit. So if you're listening to this, and you make some beer that's not all that great, dump some fruit on it. Dump some fruit on it. <laughs> You've done peaches before. Yes, we didn't put enough you peaches. you didn't put enough. We didn't put enough peaches. That's why I put two pounds in two gallons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll try that. We'll put them in the, and we'll do it in a secondary like we're supposed to next time. Instead of the. Of the what? The, instead of the keg. <laughs> secondary? What's that? Uh, but yeah. But, uh, well, I've been cleaning all day. Cleaned up some beer stuff. I got some fermenters cleaned up. I'm cleaning up a fermenter for you, and I'm going to bring a five-gallon bucket of uh, pot over here for you, and I'm going to build you an a extract kit. Nice. I got hops. I got some specialty grains. All I got to do is go get some DME and make you a little whatever kind of beer you want kit. And uh, when you're bored over here one Monday. Have you already got some, like, um, I don't know what to call it anymore because we do all grain. Uh, Have you already got extract? I may have some. You had some malts malts at one time. Yeah, I I may have some. But, I mean, I can just go buy a couple of pounds of uh, extract. It's more expensive than you think. It's it is. It's, cheaper. It's, it's high. It's cheaper to do all grain. Yeah. The only thing that ups the cost is having the bigger the bigger vessels. And uh, the cool thing about doing extract though is I can do it inside. You can do it here in the man cave. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Need, I don't have to fire up all the equipment, burners, and all that kind of clean stuff. Clean everything. Brewing beer is half the work is cleaning because everything's got to be it's, not just clean but sterilized. Yeah, you got to clean it then sterilize it. Yes. Yeah. We got a good episode. This may be a short episode. I'm reluctant to say that because there's been a lot of times where I'll say this is going to be a short episode because I don't have a lot of notes per se, but then we wind up bullshitting for two hours. Right. And so at the beginning, I'll be like, hey, this is going to be a short episode. And then when I upload it, I'm like, well, dang, that wasn't short at all. It wasn't short at all. Uh, But I don't have really a lot of announcements because we just did a podcast time-wise matter of fact i'm going to upload 157 tonight i've already done the artwork for it and uploaded it and i brought my surface home to finish tweaking on it and hopefully get that out tonight and speaking of uploading things before i forget um i made my appointment today the good internet people are going to be here friday at noon to give me good good internet internet people and i cannot wait to call (laughs) at&t And fire them. 
I'm not disconnecting my service. You're I'm not fired. T- I'm firing you, AT. You are f- you're fired. You're my Vince McMahon impression. <laughs> you're fired. And I do not wish you well on any of your future endeavors. <laughs> I'm going to turn off my cell phone. <laughs> turn off my cell phone. I'm going to... Matter of fact, I'm tempted to tell him I'm not paying my last bill. I think you owe me that much. <laughs> you owe me that much. You owe me. You did not live up to your end of the agreement. Yeah. Oh, watch. Well, once this starts taking off, their the internet will get better. What? The AT&Ts. You think? Oh, yeah. Because they'll start Well, I know business. people that's got good at and I mean, yours is good, isn't it? And you got at and yeah, okay. Oh. Uh, but that'd be cool. To, if it works out, we'll try have to try some Skypes. Oh, yeah. Well, it's fiber all the way to the router. Oh, okay. And that even like on days like like when you do, I'll, we'll try, like I just said, I'm thinking about getting me a desktop. We could try Skyping when I'm at home. Yeah. We could try like the other. The even other, you live less than four minutes away. All, I, well, you know, just all those other podcasters out there, they're like yeah. usually on separate locations. If we start doing. Oh, shit. Let's get the door for sure. Oh. Which, by the way, I'm definitely not turning off the air conditioner or the fan tonight. They're yeah, just going to have to no. deal with background noise. But these microphones are a lot better about not picking yeah. up background stuff. It's still hot. I worked in the uh, I worked in the uh, yard all day. It's blowing cold. Yeah. We were talking about the refrigerator. Sean showed up with some band equipment. We have practice Thursday, and I got to get everything cleaned up and set back up. I, and I have to remember how to practice like I'm gonna have to practice practicing yeah how long has it been we did a gig at the beginning of the year that's what I'm one gig start saying. and I don't I we've I've, <laughs> we've practiced since then but not many when you guys are like Anthony when are you gonna do him again it was like I don't know when are you gonna sing your band <laughs> well I do have a pretty good excuse well two of them one COVID happened and nobody was booking anything so there's I mean, we should have kept practicing, but there was no point. There was no really. motivation. And then Sean had to have, go have surgery, and, you know, he's – Yeah. He was out of commission for a while, and he's back. I said – it was funny. I was like, when do you feel like you're going to be, you know, feeling like a practice again? He said, yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're he's, waiting on us. He's itching, huh? Yeah. I'm looking forward to I'm, – I'm dreading, it, like, seeing where I'm at. Because here's the difference between being young and being old. I can still go at the same level, maybe even better than when I was younger, performance-wise. But if you don't use it, you lose it. Now, that level, <coughs> that's way there. And the recouping. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm sure yeah. singing is a strain. On, it, it is, but it's not a strain unless you do it several nights in a row, yeah. and we've, we seldomly do. Like when we went on, like, tour. Right. By the end of the tour, yeah, I felt like I had rocks in my throat, but uh, it's not that bad. Even the extreme stuff we do, I've just done it so long, I think my vocal cords are just calloused. Uh, now, if I've got like a little cold or something, oh, man, that's horrible. It's like trying to play guitar if your hands are cut up, you know. But, yeah, if, you, <clears throat> if I don't sing for a long time, I'm, I'm not at that yeah. ready-to-go level that I used to could like maintain easy, easier got to sing old Kill J, not new Kill J. It's just like anything yeah. else when you get older. I mean, it's like when you're young, you can say, oh, screw it. I'm going to eat a triple-decker ice cream right. Sunday and have no consequences. I mean, but when you're older, 
you, there's a lot of consequences. The thing, I, of course, I never had really had a weight issue, but I remember when I was 19 or 20, uh, I would go to Sonic and get a brown bag special. Oh, I remember those. Do they still do that? For me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not for the family. <laughs> Just, you know, brown bag special was two drinks, two big burgers, two orders of fries. I would go order wow. a brown bag special for me. And eat it all. And eat every bit of it. That reminds me of that time. I'm, I'm sure I've told this before, but it was hilarious. During the COVID thing, me and Alicia were craving sushi like really bad. God. And they opened up Rockstar Sushi. I went and got $150 worth of sushi oh, when yeah, they opened. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, but it was only takeaway. Right. And you had to like, you know, like so many people in to get their stuff at a time. Like it, was, it was still in the middle of everything. So it was real heightened, you know, safety. But we loaded like my whole back seat full of sushi. And I was like, I wish there was, because I had to go to Lowe's too. I was like, I wish there was somewhere we could go and eat this. She's like, shoot, pull over right here and park a lot of Lowe's. And I mean, we just yeah. vegged out. And what was so funny is we ordered so much food. They gave us like six sets of silverware and chopsticks because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they assumed it was for oh, like yeah. a whole family. Well, yeah. Like, we, no, just us. We went and bought because Kara, you know, Kara loves sushi. Yeah. Uh, and Laura, you know, and I, I like it too, but not as much as they do. Uh, but yeah, we had some sushi. A whole back tray. Seems like you can eat more sushi. Maybe it's because it's smaller. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's I see clean. It. See, to me, I it's can't. not like real. I can't eat that much. Oh, you can't? No, I can't. Man, I, I can destroy. Well, I can eat it. I can just. I can, no, I can knock down a couple of rolls. But money wise, yeah, it's a lot. But you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Price wise, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's not, but you think about it, it's really not. I like. I mean, I can eat like a whole bunch of catfish fillets. But uh, this. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like with me, like real bready stuff and greasy foods fill me up fast. But, yeah. like, just clean, like, fish and a little bit of rice. Like, that, I could just pack the, that The in. thing about sushi is when, like, like if I made a fried catfish plate, if I'm like, oh, man, I'm getting full, let me finish this half a fish, I have no problem doing that. Yeah. You can't do that with raw fish. No, when you're like, full, you're hey, full. Hey, I'm full. I think I want to eat this last bite. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cutoff. Yeah. When I say you're done eating when raw you hit fish, the wall, you're, you're done there. eating raw fish. You can eat the rest of the fried rice if you want to. It's not a slow progression. Yeah. It, it happens fast. Yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, one thing I wanted to mention, we're jumping all over the place, is... Uh, They're used to it. We're working on some cool stuff for the TupeloCon. I hope we can pull Jamie it off. Jamie Nunley's going to be on this episode here in just a little bit. And uh, we're going to be talking to him about all the stuff that's happening this year. But uh, just in our little edge of the world, we're... Oh, you're building. Oh, I mean, do we want to make it a surprise or can we tell them? Let's well, not everybody that's going to be there. Let's make it a surprise. Just because. Just in, in case, case it don't work out. Just in case it don't work out and we have to go okay. back to the normal. Well, this, but, is, uh, this is one thing I can mention because I already have. We will have T-shirts floating around. And we've got stickers. We, I don't think we got enough. We're supposed to order more. We were supposed to. But. We need to take inventory. We some broke bitches. There's a Patreon, though. Yeah, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> We now uh, have enough patrons yeah. to where we can pay our hosting fees yeah. every year. Well, if they keep it at the same rate, that is, I've been getting a, a discount. Okay, cool. Like they sent this uh, promo thing out, and I was like, dude, that's a great deal. That's why I upgraded us. Because at the time, it was this was the top-tier uh, broadcaster program. And I was like, well, 
My renewal is not till August, which, ooh, that's only a month away. And, uh, and you're running this promo code in like February. And he said, well, save this email and remind us and we'll do it with, with a discount. Yeah. And I've been using that email every year for like yeah. four years in a row. <laughs> so that's probably going to stop working yeah. at some point. At some point. This is 2014. What are we doing Wouldn't here? Wouldn't that be weird if like you go, we got enough Patreons to like start being able to get shirts and, and, and bet, well, you know, we've been getting the cheapest stickers possible. Yeah. Cheap, we would get better stickers and all that kind of stuff, and they up the the hosting fees. So we just break even again, and we still got to keep getting the cheap shit. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be our so we just wash. Well, there is a tier higher than what we are now, but oh, I didn't it? see a, a need for us to get it. I mean, we are running low on storage space, but I'm also going to use Patreon as part of the offloading oh, old episodes because most people that have like several hundred podcasts or episodes in their podcast, they don't start at number one. Oh no, you can't. Cause you can't. Like, I mean, that's a lot, lot of content. I'm, I'm already, yeah. Well, and I compress our MP3 down that I upload pretty small. Like I wouldn't want to. I, I make it as small as I can without losing any quality. If I go any lower, yeah. and our podcast average about 130 to 150 megabytes. Yeah. Well, that's not a lot, but do that times 100, and this will be 77. Well, what's that math? Like a million? <laughs> yeah, pretty sure that's close. Sounds close enough to me. Close enough. So that's like a million, jillion. 400,000. Yeah, 400,000. Plus five. With a modifier on a 20-sided dice. I don't know how I got off on that. I don't either. But anyway, we're working on some cool stuff for Tupelo Con. I hope it works out. It would have worked out fine if lumber would have went up to, to the same price as gold bricks. Yeah. That's what that's. What I was at the, um, the building supply store today because I had to get a new breaker because, again, we're having band practice and I've got a breaker out. And there was a guy in front of me that bought a bunch of wood. He was getting one by fours. And the guy pulled it up on the screen, and he was like, oh, they've actually gone down some. Yeah, they have gone down some. Because so, they went up again. Yeah, and they went down. So now they're back down to yeah. what they were when they were super high, like, not when they were super duper high. I, I, don't, I don't buy lumber a lot. I do some woodworking. but a Man, tuber, if we'd have known. Oh, my God. I'd have bought it all. But a, a two by four, just a two by four, yeah. an eight foot two by four, it's a $4 board on the expensive end. Yeah. You it, remember the 99 cent boards? 99 cent two by four. It costs $9 yeah. for a two by Untreated four. Untreated pine. Yes. That ain't the good stuff. A four by four. I mean, a one by one, a, a one by eight bucks. A one by four, eight bucks. One by four by what? Six or a, eight? A one by one by four. They're eight feet. Eight feet long. Yeah, I remember they had the ninety-nine cent pile at Discount Builders a long time ago. The only the only trick was you couldn't pick through them. You no, had to, you you had had to, to take the warped got. ones too. Yeah, you had to take. The but warp. a lot of the times you build something, you can get the warp out. Yeah, of yeah. It. You, get the warp you learn out. those little tricks like a, yeah. when you're a cheap ass. You learn how to build stuff. Get that. It's like no, don't cut, don't cut off this end. This one's got the yeah. the more uh, the war warp is in the other. It's got the crown on it. This is where that big knot's at. You cut that part out. And uh, the, what we're doing for SupaloCon is something that'll carry on over into other appearances oh, and yes. future cons. And also something we can build onto and grow and get bigger. It's, because a lot of times, like, it just, the appearance, you walk, you walk past a podcast table and you, there's just a couple people sitting there with some microphones and you're like, what are they, what is, what's going on here? Yeah. 
But I want to look. I want to look like bigger than life. Like, I, dude, I are these guys like famous or something? Like, what is what's going on? We're trying on to here? build a bar. Is what we're trying to build. Oh, now you gave it away. I gave it away. I mean, I, we're trying to build a bar. We're trying but to build a bar. I'm trying to. It's just going to cost eight hundred thousand dollars to build a bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to. Well, your reasoning behind it was good. What happens at a con is like we're sitting down in these like. And people are walking around. And people are walking up to us, and we're sitting down trying to talk to them. And uh, we want to be able to walk up and prop up their elbows and stand there and talk to us. Right. And we'll be standing up, like, lean, we're on a stool, and we'll be at eye level. Yes. We won't be looking at people's crotches and butts when they walk by. We'll be looking at them eye to eye, and it'll just be – I think it'll make for a, a – more seamless interactions with people. Yes, I do. And, and we'll get there. If it's not, we'll get close. It might not be we wanted. We know. You know we can go up the night before. They'll let us in. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll have to go up the night before. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I'm off. I took off for it. I mean, it's uh, just a Tupelo. It's not like... Yeah. Uh, we'll have to go up the night before and set up. That'd be easy. That would take a whole lot of stress off us, too. I'll be so glad when I get an RV. I'll just park that bad boy in the back parking lot and stay you, all you weekend. Get, Big camper, uh, the big vans now is the thing. Yeah, it, it, it happened during the pandemic. I, f- I follow a couple of them on Instagram. During the pandemic, people got these big, huge, the, the high high vans, and they they modified the the cargo area. Yeah, for for campers to make yeah. a camper out of it. I've seen some of those uh those um what do you call them boxes, mm-hmm. like they put on a train and to eighteen wheeler. What are yeah. those called? Shipping container. Container. Yeah, and like you look at it on the outside, and you're like, "Oh, somebody's got a random old rusty right. container Inside sitting out ass. here." And like you go, you look inside, it's like, "Whoa, that's nicer than my house." Laura's sister-in-law's, her, um, her dad has passed away, but her he has he's got like a cabin out in the woods. That's his man cave. It's a cabin, and it's hers now because her dad passed away. But it's a box car. Yeah, that that that'd be huge. <laughs> It's a box car. <laughs> Think of how much room you have in one of those. I mean, because then they're tall too. I mean, open the door. You can't open the door quietly. How tall is a box car? How many feet? Wax deals with them. So, I've been in one before. I don't think I could have jumped up and touched the ceiling. Mm-hmm. No way. I mean, if that was the case, they could have escaped when they was trapped in one on Walking Dead. I don't remember that. They were trapped in a box car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were prisoners in one, weren't they? But anyway, <clears throat> I just wanted to do a intro real quick. I'm going to be I'm going to be interviewing Jamie Nunley. That's what you're going to hear next. And uh, then we'll do a meow tro of some sort. What are you doing tomorrow night? Uh, tomorrow night? Yeah. Uh, depends on how work goes tomorrow. You're working days. Yes. Uh, Sean just pulled it up here. The exterior length is 55 foot 5 inches with this 10.7 feet. Where's the height? I don't see the height. Click six more rows. I bet that's high roof box car. Oh, so they got different sizes. But some of them are really tall. Like, I, know, I remember yeah, being in one and pretty sure I, there's no way I could have jumped. 10 foot 11 inches is the for the regular one, I guess. What does nah. I say? The, no, that's the door width is 10 foot. Inside height, 10 foot, 11 inches. I don't know. Could I jump 10 feet? I'm I, almost six I, feet I, tall. I, I, I've only got to go four know. more. I don't know. How, how tall is this roof right here? I can touch this. Uh, probably eight. Yeah, 
Eight. It's so small, yeah. I can almost reach up and put that though. Yeah. yeah, I've like I've hung mic off. cables from the roof in here and didn't have to get in a chair. Ain't you six one? Yeah. You're taller than me. I want, now I want to see if I can jump ten feet. I bet I can. I mean, I'm a big guy, but because I'm a big guy, I've got muscular legs, and that's what you used to jump. What's what room? Basketball rim's 10 feet. Okay, I can touch the rim. The rim? Ooh, yeah. I can touch the net. I can touch the rim. I can't, I can't touch I the can't rim. I can't dunk, but I can touch the rim. Uh, so, okay. So, no. Yeah. I bet I could get a good nine, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> good nine. I got yeah. that nine all day and some change. I can, I, my jumping ability is like, if I went to dunk, you'd be like, ooh, oh, shit. Just a little air out of the ball. He's <laughs> like, he almost had it. Let's fly that ball out oh, a little. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that was when I was young. Now it's like, oh no, he ain't got a chance. Because I, yeah, I can't, I can't jump. I broke my wrist when I was at church camp as a kid. They had these basketball goals, like a basketball court with regular goals, and then they had one that had eight foot goals. And man, we were <laughs> he was like, dunk, 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 dunks, like just from like the waist up, you would have thought I was Michael Jordan. <laughs> I'm talking about over the over my head, like from behind dunking. Like grabbing the rim and like walking around it, doing a chin up and then dunk. Like it's all kinds of craziness. And I went up one time and slam dunked, and uh, there was like some dirt on the rim, and my mm. hand slipped. And you fell. And I fell back and caught myself with my left hand and snapped it. I mean, snapped it. It was horrible. Style. And what's bad is like, <laughs> there's like a, a nurse's station there, but I mean, I don't even think. That they, they, it wasn't a doctor. I don't know what, if it, I don't even know if it was a nurse, but they were like, "Oh, you sprained your wrist. Yeah. You should wrap it up." And my wrist was about this big around. <laughs> and I remember, I, and it was a, it was a few more days left of camp. It was a week long, and I get home and I went out in my backyard. And I want, for some reason I wanted to shoot my shotgun, and every time I break a bone, I get nauseous. I guess bone marrow gets in my blood. It ah, makes yeah. me sick. Like every, like in football, every time I break a finger or a collarbone or foot or, you know, linemen, their hands and feet get abused. That's people will stomp yeah. their hands and feet and stuff. But uh, yeah, I know when I break a bone because I get sick. And I got, like, bad sick. So I was like, I got to go to the doctor. And the actual real doctor <laughs> walks in the room, doesn't know anything about me or why I'm there. And he looks and goes, oh, you broke your wrist. <laughs> It's like he didn't even need an X-ray. He need an X-ray. I mean, he did one, but yeah. so that nurse or whatever it was at the church camp was probably did, just rub some dirt on it. Just rub some dirt on it. You'll be fine, boy. You get, get on back out he's there. He's trying to get in this cold air. <laughs> yeah, get out there. Get out there and play. You just want everybody to feel sorry for you. All right. Well, I guess we need to uh, get to this interview. You got to go home. You got four clocks gonna come early. Yeah. How many hours shifts do you work? Twelve. Jewee. I don't see how y'all do it, man. I mean, I've done it before, but I don't have to do it consistently. I only got to work two days this week. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, three. I got mandatory for Friday, but uh, but I won't have to work at full twelve on that one. Yeah. Yeah, that that is definitely a payoff. Is that you're you're off two yeah. and then three and. Yeah, yeah. Like Alicia, her schedule's brutal. Yeah. But once she's days, done, she's done for seven days. She's done. She's got to put them seven days on, seven, 12-hour days in a row. Plenty of time to rest. 
but yeah. But she needs it though. You, you well, it takes it. her a day to get over it. Yeah. So it's really an eight day shift. Yeah. Because yeah. that eighth day yeah, is just your, reacclimating. She's like seven hours. She's straight nights. Yeah. At least mine's on day shift. And I had, this is my good week. So when I get off Thursday, I feel like if I don't have to work Friday, if I don't, I don't, I get off Thursday night and I don't have to go be back till Monday night. So that's a good I would ruin my sleep schedule. But that's okay because then you go, then you go to nights, don't you? I go to night shift. So ruin it. Yeah. You need to. (laughs) Uh, Then I'll work two weeks of night shift and go back to days. That's Mm -hmm. the hard one. Going back to day shift after working nights. Because I hate going to bed early anyway. Yeah, I do too. Well, I just can't go to sleep if I do. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to lay there. I'm going to miss something. I promise <laughs> yeah. you. Oh, yeah. That's why I don't sleep late. I'll miss something. Well, I got up and checked one time. I didn't. I did. I didn't miss anything. I missed a lot. Except for that day y'all brewed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I those, missed that. <laughs> those three times. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was one really bad one. There's, yeah, there's one really bad one. I think it was like, I said, let's do it at like 9 or 10, and I got I got out of bed at like 1. <laughs> no, there's one that we, you wanted to start at. 12 and I said 11 so you said 11 30 so we got here I got here at 12 I got here late we started brewing and you walked out at 3 30. Really was it that bad? It's like yeah it's bad. Wow. I wasn't happy but I, I think know. I'm pretty sure I brought the sun up that night. It doesn't matter there's no <laughs> excuse for being yeah I tell Savannah that why didn't you get up to why did you get up so late well I didn't go to bed oh I didn't know. That's no excuse. You have to be up by this time. What time you go to bed is irrelevant. What, what time <laughs> we're supposed to be there at TupeloCon? At 9 or 10? Oh, yeah, it opens nine. at 10. So we need to be there at 9. 9. 8.35. Yeah. And that's if we set everything up Friday. That'll help. Well, yeah, hey, you know what I want to get? Have you seen the thing we put our merch in? We got to do it. We got to do that. Uh, no, it's in the house. We got to do our idea. It's like this big. Have you seen our merch tub? It's like a crate looking. I'm going to. Uh, like a chest. It's a chest. Me and Sean are going to start a business of making uh, uh, road cases. And we're going to make us a podcast road case. Yeah, one we can lock. Because yes. like we take our laptops and stuff with it, but we leave some. Sean can help me. We leave. We, we, we can buy some fairly right valuable now. stuff. I've checked into it. I'm making road cases. But if we can like lock yeah. uh, a case, like, and of course they can steal the whole damn case, but it's not going to be as easy. Right. Yeah. You're going to stick it under your shirt? <laughs> no, you're not. Like you cut a microphone or something. All right, we're at 40 minutes. That's a definitely a long enough intro. Yeah. We're going to hit the pause. Let's have some uh, private conversation. Oh, secrets. Before I, before I have to. Well, it's just not worthy of recording. Oh. <laughs> you had me all excited. Yeah. Thought we were going to gossip. Uh, I'm going to throw some teasers out there for you. Okay. I might want to unmute my microphones. That's going to help a lot. I mean, there we you go. <laughs> I might sound better. <laughs> All right, I'm on the line with El Capitan, the Presidente of TupeloCon. How you doing, Mr. Jamie Nunley? Hey, man, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. All right, we're, when by the time this airs, we're going to be just maybe a day, like almost right at a week out from TupeloCon. Is it freak-out time yet, or is that way past? <laughs> it's always freak-out time. You're always trying to make things as great as possible, always feel like you're running behind when you're actually ahead of schedule. Yeah. So, you know, it's always fun. I kind of know how you feel, and the reason I say kind of is uh, because I do the, all the booking and all the arrangements for the, the second stage at the Amy Rarell Festival. 
and I, oh, yeah. I have to handle all of it, but still, what I do is like a fraction of a fraction compared to what you do for TupeloCon. And I usually start, uh, April, Railroad Festival is usually the second week of April, and usually like December, January, I start prepping. Do you ever actually stop prepping for the coming year, or is there a time where you you stop this year and start next year's? So it depends. Um, usually we'll, we'll take like two or three weeks off before we get start hitting the road for the next show. Right. Um, this last year in 2020, you know, everything shut down. So we took probably about six months, and then we got an email from the city they got they emailed all the events that they sponsored last year and was like hey we still want you to happen and we weren't going to have a 2021 but that email was kind of like hey kicked our butts in the gear and you know we started making this thing happen well jog my memory here my memory is about as reliable as my first vehicle uh <laughs> what month was 2019 TupeloCon? 2019 was in March. It was the weekend before the government shut down. Okay, so we barely, that's the way I was remembering is we barely made it then. Oh, yeah. And then 2020 was booked for March again, right? Yes. So so 2019, I believe, was in April. Um, And then we had to move earlier in March. Uh, for 2020 and the weekend after TupeloCon the mayor sent the cops to go shut down an auction in the same building so it was literally the weekend after oh yeah we got grazed by the bullet but we didn't take it it stopped at our heels (laughs) (laughs) or started at our tiptoes however you want to look at it oh yeah there was like there was a hole in my hat but not through my head so right (laughs) (laughs) it was that close and scary yeah because i don't remember the way it lined up and the way it fell i don't remember 2019 or 2020 having to like wear a mask or social distance or anything so we barely missed all that oh yeah it was literally the next weekend that all that stuff started yeah so we still hadn't had a case in mississippi by that weekend yeah so what as far as this year is concerned what are the the regulations in place i know the last i heard tupelo had lifted the mask ban what are mm-hmm. what kind of stuff are they making y'all have to do to, for this year so we follow the cdc guidelines and we follow the local city ordinances and as of right now the city ordinances are following the cdc guidelines so currently if you're vaccinated then the CDC guidelines say that you can return to normal, essentially. Right. And if you're not vaccinated, then they recommend that you wear a mask. And so that's pretty much the guidelines. Uh, We don't have anybody checking all the cards and all that because the individuals who aren't vaccinated are the individuals that would be entering at their own risk. Right. And so um, we have, you know, mask recommendations. Well, we aren't going to shame anybody for wearing masks by any means. Take care of yourselves. Uh, But with the mask mandates being lifted and so many people already having had the vaccines, um, we recommend that you follow CDC guidelines. And that's that's, uh, what the cons policy is, is to follow CDC guidelines. Well, all the the 
the con people and the and the cosplay people had the mask thing figured out way before COVID, so that shouldn't be a problem. They have yes. everybody. Oh, there's going to be a lot of people wearing masks with or without a pandemic, right? Oh yeah, masks are part of con culture. Um, it's a Japanese uh, thing. A lot of people in Japanese culture will wear the masks, and they have decorative masks and everything. And so, you know, people have been wearing masks at conventions for well over a decade now. So, you know, it's not really that big of a deal to a lot of people. And so, yeah, do you want to wear a mask? Pick your prettiest mask and come in. Nobody will look at you any differently. Yeah, I'm certainly no anti-masker or, or taking any stance on it. If, if a place says, hey, you need to wear a mask, I'm perfectly fine with it. But I got to admit, I'm a little bit of a lip reader because I've been blasting 200-watt amplifiers into my ears for a better part of 15, 20 years in a rock band. <laughs> And I, I, I read lips a lot, and uh, it, it's been difficult, especially doing interviews face-to-face when I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> oh, man, I'm with you. I got the same thing. I was with the military for several years, right? and uh, the CAV units would be shooting the Bradleys and all that kind of fun stuff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely an eye-opener how much I use my eyes for listening. Yep. I stare at people's mouths while they're talking. I find myself staring at masks while they're talking. Yeah, <laughs> just hoping to get something out of it, some kind of movement that you can recognize. Um, right, right. Does uh, planning get easier from and smoother from year to year, or or does it vary depending on what's going on? So the answer to that question is complicated. Yes and no. Um, it gets smoother in a lot of the basic areas. But TupeloCon really tries to innovate, and so we try to find out what rules that we are, we can break for the better, which keeps things complicated. Yeah. Uh, kind of like when we started doing wrestling. When we started doing wrestling, there wasn't really anybody else doing wrestling at cons. You know, now almost every con is doing wrestling, uh, but th- that's always a hurdle that we created for ourselves to stay ahead of the game. And so we always try to do that, which keeps us on our toes. Yeah, and it seems like every year you you all definitely up the ante on everything. Like, it started out at the Link Center, and the Link Center wasn't big enough. And then every year it's grown since then in uh, in every way from my vantage point. And this year I would say, would you agree that Michael Rooker is probably the the, the biggest uh, or at least most famous guest that you've had at TupeloCon? Um, I think Michael Rooker is the most or the highest profile celebrity that we've brought so far. Uh, I mean, he played major roles and starring roles in, you know, blockbuster Marvel movies. Right. Um, you know, he played significant characters in The Walking Dead and he just has bigger roles coming. I mean, he's in the Suicide Squad that comes out two weeks after the con. Yep. So uh, his roles are just going to continue to get bigger and bigger. Well, I mean, the biggest cinematic, like, box office studio right now is Marvel. And arguably the most popular show on TV is The Walking Dead. And you got both of those boxes checked firmly. So, yeah, that's, (laughs) that's a pretty big deal. I mean... Uh, according to his IMDb, he's from Jasper, so he's not too far from here. Is did that kind of help with getting him booked for this? Because he's kind of, you know, as the crow flies, he's kind of a 
uh, southeastern neighbor to us? Yeah, so a lot of the times we don't get to work with the celebrity directly. Uh, occasionally we do, but we're working through agents. And so we don't really get to negotiate a lot of personal ties. Um, when when he says yes or no, that may or may not have been a factor in his decision-making process, but I wouldn't be able to know that because we're working with agents. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm familiar with working with agents through the podcast and for the Rare Old Festival and stuff like that. And uh, sometimes, like we were talking earlier, that, that can be a good thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Because they, I mean, that's their job is to line up uh, press and appearances and, and stuff like that. And I, I wonder, because we, they're filming so much stuff in our area now, uh, in Atlanta and like Birmingham, and there's a lot of TV shows and movies that would just primarily be in, out in California. A lot of it's happening around here. I wonder if that's going to help uh, us to build a book people like that because there's so much going on. There's, there's such a hot area right now for filming. There's going to be more talent, you know? Oh, yeah. And definitely with Atlanta becoming a bigger filming location, we could definitely see some advantage uh, when it comes to guest selection for that. Uh, that's one of the big things about San Diego Comic-Con that's so amazing with that show is they're right there next to Hollywood. Yeah. And so they get to take advantage of a lot of those opportunities. And so with Atlanta growing as much as it is in the film industry, we could definitely try to take advantage of some of that home field type of stuff. Because Atlanta is only four hours from Tupelo. Right. Exactly. And if you're on location, even if you're not from Atlanta, if you're working on a movie and you've got two weeks off and Jamie Nunley calls you and says, hey, I got this Tupelo con thing. Who knows? I mean, it's why not? Right. Uh, it is funny though, like the well, the way people, like I have people, uh, I book bands more so than than I do like individuals. But uh, people are like, hey, why don't you book so and so? Why don't you get so and so out here? Wouldn't that be cool if you? And I'm like, well, you don't realize how many factors there are involved in booking a talent. Uh, it it has everything to do with scheduling, the the time of year routing like if they're going to be in canada and then the next week they're going to be in california they're not going to jump over to mississippi real quick and then go back right. you know what i'm saying so it, oh yeah I, I appreciate people like saying hey i think it would be cool if y'all got this this group or this act but it's it's not that easy there's there's a lot that goes into booking talent oh yeah and one of the big things is just having the contact information I mean, you can tell me, hey, I want Samuel L. Jackson to come to TupeloCon. Yeah. I get it. I would love to have him, too. But I don't have no idea who his agency is. Right, exactly. And it's not always easy to get that information. Sometimes it is. Yeah. But sometimes it's not. There are millions of celebrities out there. Yes. That have done millions of things, from voice acting to people who used to do things back in the 80s that don't do anything anymore, etc. And so, not everybody has agents. Not everybody likes to make public appearances. You know, it's uh, some people are just way too big. Yeah. Um, we we have to grow into them, not yeah. the other way around. And it looks so. like that's that's what's happening with Supercon. Wouldn't you agree? 
Oh, most definitely. So Michael Rooker is the biggest profile uh, guest that I believe that we've ever had. Um, and that's intentional. Uh, we're definitely growing, uh, increasing attendance and becoming better at organizing events. Yeah. And so that's part of it is, you know, we are in that realm of getting household names. We aren't quite the Robert Downey Jr. Right. Uh, we, may, we may never get to the Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> but we are in the range of Sean Astin's. We're in the range of Michael Rooker's yep. and LeVar Burton's and, and those types of individuals. Hey, Morgan Freeman's from Mississippi, isn't he? Morgan Freeman is from Mississippi, and that <laughs> would be a dream come true. <laughs> I would want him to narrate some stuff if I you know, ran into him. <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm not going to interview you. I just want to hear you talk. <laughs> Speaking of which, is Michael Rooker going to do a panel, or is he just doing his appearance thing? Yeah, so Michael Rooker will be doing a Q&A panel. Nice. Uh, he'll also be doing a professional photo op. Uh, he doesn't ha- he doesn't do selfies at his table. Right. Um, at least at the moment, he doesn't. And so he will be doing the photo op. I believe that's $60 for the, fo- for the professional photo op. And then it's $60 for autographs. Got you. And the thing is, we were talking about you're getting higher profile guests, but there's a major price decrease of getting into the con. I noticed weekend passes are only, what, $25? So weekend passes are $20. Wow. It's, it's, a, $20, it's a $20 bill. It counts for the full weekend. That's crazy. Um, I've never been to a con that cheap. So we've done quite a bit of working in the back. And uh, one of the things is, if you notice, we only have three big names on the ticket this year. Right. Now, they're bigger names, but we only have three. And so what we've done is we've condensed the number of guests to go for the higher profiles. Um, and that also means we have less hotel rooms and less flights to cover. Right. Which helps us in compensating to drop the price so that more people can afford to attend, especially after, you know, a pandemic that has hurt a lot of families financially Absolutely. that still want and need the opportunity to go out and enjoy themselves now that the pandemic is starting to subside. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are going to be chomping at the bit to get out. I mean, they'll be a little reluctant in a way because maybe they're still a little paranoid a little scared and rightfully so i suppose but at the same time people have been cooked up uh, for months and months Mm -hmm. and they're ready like the this is the best time i think right now Mm -hmm. as as everything's starting to get a little back to normal i think we're gonna i think the attendance this year is going to be a a record-breaking we're we are preparing for it uh we have 10 volunteers in the front desk uh so we'll have multiple lines to be able to get people in as quickly as possible um so we are preparing for large numbers uh, but financially we actually prepared for uh, a decrease um 
So we're case, huh? kind of preparing for both ways. Um, there have been several events in the area, and well, I say the area, my area is about a, a six-hour circle from Tupelo, and there's been a lot of events, flea markets, other conventions, and other trade shows that are all reporting record numbers. And so we're definitely going to be there to make sure that if we do have those types of record numbers, that we are going to be ready to handle it. Right. I, I think I think it could easily happen, man. I mean, this has been going on for, this is going to be, what, the sixth year? Yes, this will be our sixth year show, and I'm very excited for it. Me too. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it, but probably more so than ever. Um, do you visit other cons, like, during the year? Like, do you go and check out other 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 cons and kind of scope them out and, you know, just... Oh, yeah. So, one of the best ways for a convention to advertise is by uh, doing table swaps with another convention. Right. And so, we will have lots of other conventions that we'll set up at our show. So, if you are interested in going to Huntsville or Birmingham then there will be shows that are in those cities that are that will be here promoting. Um, and they are on other, time, other times of the year. So if you wanted to go to three or four conventions a year, you can actually plan that by going to conventions and seeing these fan tapes. So, That's awesome. Uh, we go all over the place. We network. We share information. We see good ideas and we implement them. And so that's just how we grow in this industry. Absolutely, it's it's a lot that that in the music business is cross promoting is is how you survive. We're all drinking from the same trough, as they say. So, you know, yeah. it's it's not competition as much as it is support for for the local thing in your area, and cross promotion oh, yeah. is is definitely the way to go. Um, right. And at the end of the day, we're all trying to put on the best show possible. Right. And so. There's a slight level of competition in the sense of the better show you put on, the better show I have to put on. But it's not, you know, a combat type of thing. We're not at each other's throats. Right. We're helping each other lift up. That's the way to do it. Um, do you take a vacation day the day after it's, everything's over? Do you, like, just decompress and get away <laughs> from it all as the dust is settling? <laughs> I take a nap day. A whole nap, a whole I, day for a nap. I like it. I, I I go to bed that Sunday night, and I wake up Tuesday morning. Like, <laughs> right. I, I made that mistake the second year of the convention, where I was scheduled to work that Monday. I made that mistake. I woke up that Tuesday and got lucky that my manager volunteered, and so he preemptively gave me the day off. Yeah. Otherwise, I I would have no called no showed like crazy that day i woke up in a panic <laughs> I, I can only imagine because it seems like the day of you've got way more people coming to you with problems than they do have solutions you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's that's the the world of of this type of event and the the thing is, is it's not a matter of will there be problems the question is, is how quickly can you solve them Right, exactly. Because there's always a pro there's always problems. You will never have a show that runs 100% perfectly. Now, the more work you do on the front end, the less problems you can have. But there's always going to be something. 
Yeah, definitely. So, fortunately, I have a really great team set up to solve those problems. Yes, yeah, I, I would agree. I've been to every every one that's happened so far, and uh, you have a great staff, uh, a lot of great volunteers, and uh, there's always somebody there if, if there's a situation. It's like contact so-and-so, they get on their radio, and they figure it out. And it's always great to be surrounded by people that know how to figure out and put out the little fires that pop up. Oh, yeah. And that's a learning process, too. <laughs> the, uh, we, we learned very quickly how to put out fires. Um, a lot of the fires are, well, we call them fires. The, uh, you know, we, we had the same fire two years ago, so I know how to put it out faster today. Exactly. Yeah. You know, for sure. So the experience really helps out, and the fact that I have a lot of the same people for several years at a time really helps to solve those problems. Yeah. We just did a, an appearance recently at a, a gaming festival. It was a, it was actually a, a memorial fest in uh, in Saltillo, the Fred Gra- Grass Memorial uh, Gaming Fest, and. Uh, there's a lot of gaming set up. I mean, a lot of tabletop gaming at TupeloCon mm-hmm. every single year. Uh, do you do a lot of tabletop stuff, and what's your game of choice? Personally, yes. I do a lot of tabletop gaming. Um, I've always been a jack-of-all-trades, master of none when it comes to the nerd community. Right. Um, so I've played my Warhammer 40K. I've played my X-Wing. I've played my D&D, my Pathfinder, um, all these things. Um, I'm even in some lightsaber combat groups. Um, And so I'm in all of these things. And I have to say my favorite tabletop, I'm going to go straight up with with D&D. I'm just going to go straight classic with it. Boom. Um, Can't go wrong with D&D. No, I love my D and I like playing the different different versions. I think my last character was a Dragonborn Paladin, nice. and I really liked that combo. Uh, I think my next character is going to be a Luxodon Barbarian. A Luxodon? And I haven't heard of that. So Luxodon is basically an elephant person. Oh, okay. In in the uh, Wizards of the Coast world, and so it's a. Uh, really popular character in Magic the Gathering. It's one of the subclasses in Magic the Gathering. And so they've done several Magic the Gathering crossover rule books for D&D. And um, Luxodon is one of the races that you can play from those books. So they actually can carry an extra item in their trunk. So the plan for the Barbarian is to, is to dual-wield shields in my hands so I can add my I think it's the dex dex modifier uh-huh. when you have a, or is it constitution modifier to your AC if you're un, unarmored as a barbarian right and shields don't count as armor hmm. so you can still wield a shield and get the AC bonus from the shield without messing up your dex bonus your constitution bonus you just gave me an idea Uh, I'm going to wield two shields and a sword in my trunk nice that's that's a good idea Uh, I'm fixing to we're fixing to start up a new campaign 
And for the first time, I'm going to play a Goliath. And I love Goliath. Well, they don't wear armor, right? So I could get a shield. Yeah. You could do a shield with a with a Goliath. Yeah. The, uh, no, I did a Gargantuan. The, uh, mine was a, a Gargantuan Barbarian that loved Aminals. And his one of his big things was... He didn't understand the names of the races, so he would call you the animal that you most resembled to him. <laughs> That's um, he would he would refer to Goliath as Goliath, or Gargantuans to Gargantuans, but he would always refer to the other races as, as like so. There was a bugbear with one of our races, and he just called him Bear. Sort of like Drax and from Guardians of the Galaxy. There was, <laughs> there was a tiefling. He just called him Lizard. Gotcha. Lizard, come with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, awesome. <laughs> well, but I know yeah. it's, uh, it's crunch time for you, so I don't want to keep you too long as we kind of wind down here. Uh, I got to ask, I was I was looking through some pictures on Facebook, and I came across a picture of you. It looked like you were dressed like uh, the Where's Waldo, and you had a <laughs> apple pie in your face. Can you give us a little bit of context on that situation? Okay, so we did a charity raffle and I didn't really have anything to throw in. So my thought process was what can I do that people would be interested in? (laughs) So I sent a friend to Walmart to grab an apple pie because if I'm gonna get pied in the face, we're doing this right. Yeah. And so we went to get Walmart, got an apple pie, got two cans of whipped cream to throw on top of it. And that was what I raffled off, was a pie to the face for charity. Awesome. (laughs) And so we had a vendor who I'm friends with, but they didn't like their spot. So she made it known that she was going to win this, this pie to the face. And I think she threw in like $35 to get tickets so she could be the one. And she didn't end up winning, so she paid the guy who won to do it. (laughs) Wow. So she slammed it in my face. She smeared it on my face and then proceeded to throw it on top of my head like a hat. What year was this? This was 2019, and it's all in the con video. And if I remember correctly, I don't think there's showers at uh, the facility. There are not showers in the facility, (laughs) which means I had sour cream stuck to my beard at the end of the day before I ran to the house to take a shower. That's what that smell was when you you were doing the interview with us. (laughs) No comment. But the pie was delicious. I bet. <laughs> Good thing you picked apple pie, I guess. I know, right? The con pie might have hurt a little bit. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, as far as plugs are concerned, I mean, aside from the obvious, uh, Tupelo Con has a website, a Facebook page. You're all over social media. If you just Google Tupelo Con, you'll find out everything you need to know. But is there anything you want to plug? Aside from the obvious? We have so many events going on right now and activities. 
we try to be very activity focused. Uh, so go online to the website and take a look under our activities. We have a high school Tetris tournament. Uh, we have a Warbler workshop where you can pay a little extra to go in and actually build um, some cosplay props. Uh, we have the zombie shooting range with airsoft weapons. It, it's going to be a really good year this year. Yeah, that sounds fun. Maybe, oh, it's, yeah. it's going to be. I'm looking forward to it. And again, I, I've been to uh, a few cons. We've done some cons. And obviously we've done every Tupelo con. I've never been to one where you could get a weekend pass for $20. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's the thing. Everything's twenty dollars. A single day pass is twenty dollars. A weekend pass is twenty dollars. It's just a flat fee. You can get into the con for twenty dollars and go the whole weekend. We we really wanted to help out the, that community and make sure that everybody that has been suffering from cabin fever over the last year and a half can afford to come out and enjoy themselves. Yes. That's the most, again, the most affordable con. And, and at this level, with the, the so many things to do there and so many guests. And I know at every con you go to, if you want to get a, your picture made or an autograph for a certain guest, you're going to have to pay. But you're offsetting that cost because most of the time you're going to pay so-and-so $50 for a, a, a photograph and or a signature. But you're also paying $45, $50 to get in the door. But in this case, you're offsetting standard costs by less than standard entry. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Yep. Yeah, that's that's neat. Yeah, we cut our costs in half this year. Uh, well, we, we cut the ticket price by half this year. We also cut our vendor hall by half this year. So this is a much bigger vendor hall than we've ever had before. Didn't I read somewhere that the uh, everything sold out? Yes, the vendor's hall is sold out. So and the VIP passes are sold out? Yep, the VIP passes are sold out. You can still meet Rooker. You can still get autographs from Rooker. Uh, but the VIP party and all the extra bonuses and stuff that come with it have already been sold out. Gotcha. Well, man, so. I appreciate you taking time out, especially this close to the thing, to talk to us for a minute. And uh, thanks for letting us... Uh, give away a couple of tickets on here everybody uh starts hitting me up about a month out like hey are y'all giving away tickets again and i'm like yeah 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 we're definitely gonna give away some tickets don't worry but uh i'm really looking forward to it this year more so than ever because everything's bigger and better this year i've been a little cabin fevered myself i was in quarantine for about four months or so and uh, I'm, i'm ready to i'm ready to get out there and do it Mm-hmm. And this is definitely a two-day event. Um, definitely take a look at coming in on Sunday. We have some really cool things happening on Sunday. Like, we have a Mario Kart race that we're doing. So, we are building Mario Karts, and we are racing them uh, on Sunday. And attendees will be able to buy uh, balls, turtle shells, and all that kind of fun stuff to interact with the race and help determine the winners. Nice. Whenever people ask me, I tell them, you know, if if you're coming, come both days. But if you can only come one day, try to come Sunday. Because, you know, like any con, when the doors open, there's going to be a line. 
And all oh, yeah. day Sunday, there's almost never a line. You just walk right on in the door. So that, oh, yeah. but you, and you, it's the same thing happening Sunday as Saturday. There's just right. usually less of a, a, a hassle with lines and crowds and all that. Yeah, so we've already missed. If you come in on Sunday, then you'll miss the cosplay competition. Uh, but we do have Sunday exclusive events and activities that are happening that are definitely worth coming in those days. Um, and like you said, it's a, it's a personal preference thing because some people want to go. There's more people to see, more people to hang out with. Right. But, you know, the lines are longer. And then Sunday, a lot of people come in because, like you said, the lines are long, the lines are shorter. You get more intimate interaction with the special guests because if the lines aren't long, you can talk with them a little bit longer. Right. No, there's there's definitely advantages to coming both days. Yep, definitely. Well, whichever uh, day you prefer. I know you're going to be busy, but if you get a a moment and want to stop by our table and just talk to us for a minute, uh, feel free to. It's always good to to hang out with you and talk, even though you're juggling a lot of plates all weekend long. Uh, But yeah, man, we're we're looking forward to it. I, I can't wait to get out there next weekend. Oh, yeah, man, most definitely. And I will see you in, not this upcoming weekend, but the following. Yeah, we'll be out there Friday night. We've got a little bit more hardware to set up this year, so we're we're definitely going to come out the night before uh, to take advantage of the, you know, getting everything prepared. Uh, oh, yeah. And not having to do it first thing. In the, so you'll probably be at the VIP party, so I don't even know if I'll see you Friday or not, but, but we'll, be, we'll be around. All right, all good. I'll see you then. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. It's good to talk to you. Uh, Yeah, man. I'll catch you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, all right. I'm going to do a quick meowtro here. Um, I have a couple corrections to make. I said on this podcast, and I believe the last one as well, to call our voicemail line to win tickets. That's still correct. But in addition, I also need your email address because it's going to be an e-ticket. If you win, uh, Jamie's going to need your email address so he can send you the ticket. So if you call and say, hey, I'm entering to win tickets to TupeloCon. My name is ABC. My email is XYZ. Except don't say that exactly because I won't know who you are. And this is a really good beer we're drinking. Oh, wait. Before we get to that, I have another correction to make. I don't know why I said this. But when me and Jamie were talking about the regulations for COVID and the, 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 uh, the city guidelines and uh, um, it's not the DMV. Um, <laughs> CDC. CDC guidelines. I, I said that Tupelo lifted their mask ban. What I meant to say, they lifted their mask mandate. I don't think that would be good to have a mask ban. That might be controversial. Yeah. But no, it was a uh, mask mandate was what I, I should have said. I misspoke. I noticed that when I was editing. So anyway, me and you went to the homebrew store yesterday after we podcasted a little. Yes. I got some stuff I'm probably going to need at some point in time or another. I'm brewing beer tomorrow. Yeah, I got to put your recipe together. You didn't do that already? I haven't done that yet. I thought you'd be all excited. I was lazy today. You like doing that stuff. But uh, I'll, I'll get you ready and I'm going to put everything in the pot and I'll, I'll run it over here. I am making two gallons of Carolina Reaper. Well, one gallon of Reaper and one control gallon. That's what I would recommend. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put one pepper in one gallon and just see how that goes. 
Right. If I want to go two next time, I can always do another short batch. Right. And when we left the, the homebrew store, we went to this gas station to get some beer, and you were like, mm. we weren't really seeing what we wanted to see. It wasn't really vibing. You're like, hey, you want to go to Papa V's? I'm like, where? Really? Why not? Why not? Let's go to the candy store. Yeah, we, we refer to um, Vino's and um, what's the one across the street? Oscars. Oscars as the candy store because that's where they sell, like, the good liquors and the good scotches. and They have a good selection, but we call Papa V's, like, the candy store for beer because they have a lot of exotic beers. They got beers on tap. You can buy growlers, which I need. We haven't refilled our growlers in a while. It, then they always have an 1817 beer there. Yeah. But I wanted up getting, uh, where's that can at? Uh, crowd Control. Yeah, it's called Crowd Control. And did you say they they make it here in Mississippi? Yeah. Yes. Southern Prohibition, yeah, I believe that's Hattiesburg. Yeah, it is. It says right there on the can. Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Southern Prohibition Brewing. Crowd Control. Four-time dry hop Imperial IPA. 8.8% alcohol. Eight, no, just eight. Just eight? Just eight. Still, though. You mean? I mean, is our barley wine even that? I mean, it's like almost drinking like an ultra now. Just think about it. It's, I mean, I need that point eight. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's really good, though. They don't drink like 8% alcohol. No. In fact, it's for an IPA, it's really sweet. It's kind of juicy. Yeah. It, the artwork on this is fantastic. we got to try to get a hold of these people and see if we can get them on the show. What was that name on the the artwork? It says it on the side of the back of the can. Yeah, your eyes are better than mine. It's right there by the well, barcode. That's only because I wear my well, glasses. It, it threw me off at first because uh, it said a four-pack of it was like, what, 12 or $17? Fear and the art by uh, Fear and Loading. Fear and Loading? Fear and Loading. I'm going to try to find that. Yeah. All right. It, it says at Fear and Loading. Is that a Twitter thing? Not a Twitter. Yeah. I bet they've got a Facebook. I'll look right now. But what was it, like $12 for a four-pack? Uh, no, it was more than that. It was more than that. It was like 17 I think it was 17 I was like, whoa. And then we found the singles. And I was like, well, I'll just get a single, and if I like it, then I'll invest that much in a, in a four-pack. But, I mean, when you got a lot of a heavy grain bill and a lot of good ingredients and the beer's this good, it's sort of like buying that thick cut of steak. Oh, yeah. It's worth spending the extra money. Low, but yeah. I, I don't feel gypped at all drinking this. It's... People say, I'm not spending that much money on a beer, but you don't buy a 12-pack of these and drink them all in one no, night. No, you don't mow the yard with a cooler full of these sitting on the back porch. No. This a, you, uh, this is a good a night starter for me. It's like my yeah. first beer of the night. I'm going to drink something good, right? Good, a couple good IPAs, maybe some homebrew. Then I might start later on in the night reaching for the ultras when the shots start going down. I'm going to drink an ultra tonight. Are you? Mm-hmm. You plan? You like planned I'm planning it on it. You're gonna okay. drink one with me. We're gonna okay. do a boiler maker with an ultra. We're gonna make an ultra right. <laughs> a boiler maker with who? An ultra. <laughs> wow. You did a boiler maker before, hadn't you? Well, yeah. Why not? But you do? probably wouldn't want to. Yeah, you wouldn't want to use an IPA. No. So I tell you what, I used to drink all the time. I'm having mic stand issues again. That's why all that bumping and grinding is going on. Uh, I used to get tomato juice pour beer in it and drink it. Laura used to do that. I, I said it weird like that because I thought there was something else I put in there, but you only put an egg in it if you have a hangover. It's called a red eye, isn't it? Yeah. I would get a spicy V8, and I think that's back when I was drinking Miller Lite. It is. 
And I drink tomato juice and beer. It's good. Sort of like a redneck Bloody Mary. Yeah. It was yesterday when we recorded all this, so I feel kind of weird cutting it off, with, you know, after talking five minutes. But we really don't have anything else for this we show. We recorded this. Huh? We didn't record this yesterday. Didn't we? I recorded the interview yesterday, didn't no, I? No, you couldn't. No, you done the interview Wednesday. I don't know. We do too much time travel around here. Yeah. We know. just put an episode out, so these are going to be close together. I don't even know what day it is. But I wanted this to be... Uh, let me... Pull up our Potomatic landing page. You like how I said that? A new episode just came out Friday. Yeah. Yeah, uh, July 14th. And this is the 17th, and I'm going to try to upload this tonight. Oh, and I have good internet now. So oh, I'll upload okay. fast. You see how it will. You have to do a test and see how long it takes. Well, that, as you noticed, was a phone interview I just did with Jamie. That should be our last ever phone interview. Because now we can use Zoom, Skype, right, and all like normal podcasters do. I just never wanted to like be in the middle of an interview and my internet crap out. But like I said, now I'm not as technologically impaired. I just listened to uh, that weird Yankovic song. It's all about the Pentiums. <laughs> I love that song. Uh, we'll test it out uh, at the house. I'll get my laptop, which is an old piece of crap laptop, but I'll get us a crap top. I'll get a Skype or whatever. My internet's not great, but we'll be able to tell how it's going to work. What? How many megs do you get? Uh, I, I post get six. That's what I was supposed to get. I never did. But I, I'm good. I never have a problem buffering uh, Netflix or anything like that. I usually do pretty good. Check out these numbers. I'll do a speed You're test so real quick. Man, I just, from time to time, that's actually kind of low. Yeah. It was in the 90s. It might burst up. You got to get that thing fixed where I can, because uh, you still have cell service out here. No. So, so I, And I can't get on my internet on my phone. And you don't have your Wi-Fi out here yet. And what I like about it is the upload speed and the download speed are about the same. Usually your download speed is way higher because you download more info than, right. than you send. Well, in most cases, in my case, you know, I upload podcasts and stuff. So I do, I do do a lot of uploading. But, yeah, that's actually low, 76.8. I was getting, like, 90, like, you got to, uh, lower 90s. But, yeah, sometimes I'll just sit here and run speed tests just to look at it. Just to look marble. at it. It's over 10, so you're excited. Yeah, I've never had – the only way I've ever had a 10 is when we used the hotspot. The hotspot. Cell phones. And that was even hard because we would have one bar of service using right. hotspot. So yeah, this this is great. I'm I'm loving this, I'm loving it. Is there anything else we need to tell them before we say bye? Uh, I think that's it. Don't forget to call our voicemail line six six two seven six seven four four eight seven. Tell us you want to go to Tupelo Con. Uh, if you're gonna dress up, tell us what you're coming as. Uh, give us your email address. Um, saying something nice about us, boy, wouldn't hurt your chances of winning. I mean, Probably not. Cheat, but We're, uh, you know, we'll appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you like the graphic I made? Yeah, I like that. That's pretty cool. It's so colorful. It's like an eyeball. It does. It's like a zoomed in on an eyeball. All right, well, thanks for listening to episode 158 of Real Pop Culture. Thank you, Jamie, for being on the being on the, on the the show. It was a, we had a good talk, had a good interview. Uh, 
We're broadcasting live from high atop the first and only floor of the Kill J headquarters at the Kill J Ranch. Love you. Bye. Bye. I tried to do it quiet. And it Thank was, you. And it came off like a fart. I used to have to edit your kisses. <laughs> I have to mortify. Your, yeah, see that spike right there in the, in the audio? Yeah. All right, play the thing.